Blog Talk Radio. Quarters. Security, condition three. Thank you. Security three, sir. General quarters three. Intruder alert. GQ three. Intruder alert. Well, you call it an intruder. I just call it a surprise visitor. Anyway, welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon. I am your host and cruise director, Madam Perry, or you can call me Jennifer Perry or J-Mod as the uh, Modettes do. But I want to thank, first of all, thank everybody who's been following and listening. I'm telling you, I have had the, we've had a big spike in listeners. I've had a lot more subscribers on iTunes, Stitcher, blog, um, a lot more followers. My numbers were so up, I thought that somebody had, you know, were playing with my computer. But I just want to thank everybody for listening because all of you people that listen and tell your friends to listen and subscribe help me to continue to get good sponsors and great guests. And we've had so many fun people. This has just been a run of great people for months and months now, and I'm just so grateful to that too. Um, let's see what's going on with who's been here lately. Well, let's see. Don't forget you can still get um, Rudy Sarzo, uh, his book Off the Rails about traveling with Ozzy Osbourne and uh, the year he was touring with Ozzy as a bass player. He left Quiet Riot for a while to tour with Ozzy and that's when his friend Randy Rhodes died in, his, in the uh, small plane during the tour. So that's a great book and also uh, Rudy is Rudy's out playing bass with the Guess Who right now. He's told me, but he also thanks me for uh, still talking about his book to you. And I told him it matters. Also, let's see. Oh, David Fishoff. I got to tell you this. David Fishoff was on about a week or two ago, last week actually. David Fishoff. He is the guy. He's an agent and producer, sports and entertainment. But he's also the guy. He created the, uh, he's the one that got Ringo Starr touring with the All-Star Band. It was his idea. But also he created the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. And in September is the Judas Priest edition. Um, so the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp is just rockandrollcamp.com. Go to it. And David said, anyone who signs up, anyone who registers for Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp in September, if you say that you heard about it on Madame Perry Salon, he will give you a guitar worth $700. So, he didn't say what kind. He just said worth $700. So, let's see. And coming up soon, we're going to have uh, Prairie Prince, the drummer extraordinaire Prairie Prince. You know him from the tubes and from Todd Rundgren. And, uh, but... Tonight. You know, recently we had this Australian guy on, Anthony Sharp. He's uh, done a lot of TV and movies, and he's most known in the States for Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. He plays Cease, and he told me 
if you were listening, you know, he told me about the funniest woman he knows that is so talented and said so we should have her on. And she's here tonight all the way from Australia. She's coming into Madame Perry's salon. I've got a nice, some nice fluffy cushions for her. So if she parts the beaded curtains and comes on in, please welcome to Madame Perry's salon, Julie Sharp. Welcome, Julie. Come Hello. in. Get comfy. Thank you. Hello. I'm going to myself on this nice Persian rug here. And then out oh, a little good, bit. Oh, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get comfy. Spread out. Yeah, yeah. With just some snacks around. Um, we had a few mystery writers on recently that brought a lot of snacks and then left them. I think it's uh, Rick Cornell and Brett Wright. And uh, what they leave, you know, is, is someone yeah. else's treasure. You've had so, some amazing people so, on this show. Oh, I'm very, I've been very, very lucky. I've been very blessed as I have had some, a lot of fun people. And, you know, funny thing, I don't know, do you, are you a fan of uh, Todd Rundgren? Now, where would I know Todd Todd Rundgren from? Where would I know Todd from? Hello, it's me. Oh, girl. Okay. Well, anyway. Oh, maybe not, maybe not from Down Under. (laughs) Oh well, excuse him. Well, excuse him. Why? Well, he. Um, I went to see his his latest show uh, back in at the end of uh, May, I believe. And his bass player, Kazem Sultan, had been on. And Kazem plays bass for Todd. He, played, he was musical director for uh, Meatloaf. He's played for Celine Dion, Joan Jett. You know, he's on tour with Don Felder right now from the Eagles. Oh, wow! Yeah, he had us a back. He had us say, um, for me and my husband, a little uh, invitation to come backstage after the show to talk to the band. So he's going around to the head, uh, Greg Hawks, who used to play, who was with the Cars, the Cars in the 80s, mm-hmm. and he's been playing with Todd for years, and Prairie Prince, as I was saying. All these people were back there, and he says, you ought to get him on, you ought to get him on, because uh, Chasm was on, and he's going to come back soon when he gets off tour. And uh, I said, well, all these guys are so tired. He goes, I don't want to interrupt them. And he goes, wait a minute. He goes, each one, hey, you ought to be on her podcast. It's a lot of fun. You know, everybody's like, well, okay. <laughs> What do you want, my email address? And then he goes to the next guy, you know, to, to Greg Hawks. Hey, you really ought to be on her podcast. It's a lot of fun. I'm going, you know, you can't do better than that than to have the guests back there. They're uh, booking Yay. the show for me. So, yeah, so, see, it's, uh, and, and I hope you'll do the same thing. So, the get going with you. You know what? First of all, I'm trying to say, trying to describe you. You're a professional comedian, professional MC for corporate events. You uh, do this thing. Anthony kept talking about around the room. I kept thinking around the room, but it's like it's like work in the room. You really do go around the room and work the room at a club. And uh, you have yeah. all these fascinating characters that you've created. Um, so I started going and looking through your website and through the different characters, and I uh, I am falling in love with them. One of my well, actually, I don't know where. Let's start with when you you, you and Anthony met when you were both doing comedy, right? Both of you? That's right. Yep, yep. So we, we were working at a place called Dracula's Comedy Cabaret in Melbourne, Australia. And so I had a 20-year career there. It was my, it was my absolute dream job because it, it not only incorporated a horror theme, but it was also very silly and, <laughs> and all about comedy and stuff. So it was really, really good fun, and you know this whole this whole night out was an experience. You know, you you ride a ghost train into the theatre, and and all the waiters are dressed up and can be quite um, 
abrupt and abusive and, and all this sort of stuff. So it was a really kooky, kooky place. And the show itself was that you you um you had these characters that you would meet and greet people as and then as the show continued to turn into a cabaret show so you would there then therefore be other characters and singers and dancers and circus acts and magic tricks and like so we just puppets, you know, we covered the board with everything. But um yes, one of one of the, the most popular characters was a, a character called Sarah Pax and that was my comedy routine was that I would do a slight little stand-up and then I would go out into the room and just talk with people and improvise and see what see what would come out of that night, that situation. And and so it was it was always such good fun and 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 you know people love it because they 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 had that oh no she's coming near me but it was never to be cruel or be mean or anything like that. It was just because I was the you know my character's the the self-deprecating silly one. So so if anything <laughs> bad was to be said, it was it was on me. You know because I was so stupid basically. So so everyone just embraced it. You know and it, it was it's such a fun good character and and stuff. So that being said, Anthony of course was hired as the young gorgeous sex appeal. Singer, you know, he looked like Fabio with his long, flowing hair, and he was an... <laughs> so all the girls went crazy for Anthony, and um, yeah, we just started off being really good friends, and and um, and then romance blossomed, of oh, course. L'amour, <laughs> l'amour, <laughs> l'amour, and um, and so we've been together for. 17 years now that one yeah that job together and now it's 17 years down the track and a lovely daughter (laughs) and a lovely daughter came out of it yes so so she's eight now and um and she's just as kooky as the rest of them you know (laughs) so so she's she's really good fun She's, yeah, um, I picture a lot of laughter yeah. in your house. Oh, definitely, definitely. And she, we, we, we don't want to push her into anything. We want her to to be her own person and to to find her own way. So, but she's again, I think, being in a in a house of the arts, she's she's destined to go that way. So she she sits quietly and writes lots of stories and. And um, she has this amazing knack of making costumes out of anything, out of her oh. own wardrobe, out of... Yeah, so she has this amazing ability. Like, she'll see a character that she loves and she'll make that costume with the stuff that's just around the house. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's like How it's brilliant. It's fantastic. Yes. And you know, so, yeah, I, so she might I like anyone... I like people who can find their own, can make their own amusement and entertainment. And it sounds like she can, yes. she's that creative. She yes. wants to sit around yes. and say, Mom, Definitely. I'm bored. Find something for me. All right. So, so you're doing the stand-up. Sarah Pax, because I, I posted videos of Sarah Pax on, um, on Twitter and I think I 
yeah, Twitter. I might have put one on LinkedIn. I definitely put some on Facebook. But so Sarah Pax is described as because you got other characters I want to talk about. But Sarah Pax, uh, mm-hmm. she's the yep. lovable drug sponge. She's like the love child of uh, Ozzy Osbourne and Amy Winehouse. Yep. And yep. you're right. She's self-deprecating, but when she gets out to work the room, yeah, some people are kind of like, oh no, but they're but they're doing it sort of like. Uh, but they really do want her to come because every time she comes around, or Sarah comes around to people, um, yeah, it's like the entire table. And, and let me tell you, from watching the videos, this is what I saw, Julie. It looked like people. You could just feel from watching them their expectations and the excitement rises because they have no idea what Sarah's going to say, what she's going to do yeah. to anybody. But like they're, but they're up for it. You know, they're up for the surprise, yeah, yeah, and they're up definitely. for it, and they know it's going to be funny. Yep. And uh, so... Yep. Uh, and apparently they they still ask about me. When when people go to Dracula's now, they still say, what is that Sarah Pack girl? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, been, it's been eight years now, uh, nine years since I've been out of um, oh, really? Dracula's now. So, yeah. So, um. Well, now, what yeah, if, so she's left a legacy, which so, is great. No kidding. Yeah, so, um, and you have a, you know, definitely a distinctive look as Sarah because you've got the, you know, the dreadlocks and, and the, the make, but in mm-hmm. the outfit. So does being in a disguise like that just kind of help you flow better with the uh, spontaneity because it seems, some of it seems rather off the cuff. And I'm sure you've got some things that you plan, but things that are off the cuff and sort of go uh, improv. Mm. Well, the the great thing about that was because we were doing it five nights a week, that show. So it allowed me that freedom to play as much as I... I did have some standard ones, like just to keep a flow going and, and knowing that you're going to get some laughs throughout the the room but but a lot of it was just off the cuff because you you had that freedom to be able to experiment and to play and the funny thing is being in that costume because I don't know if you know but Therapax is a um is a drug that we used to have here in Australia which was very similar to Prozac and no I didn't um, know so it was it was it was the it was like the housewives drug they called it Therapax was the housewives drug so um, that's where that name came from. And so, yeah, so that was the whole thing of, of she's meant to be this, you know, whacked out, druggy kind of character. But she was very childlike and innocent as well. And so that's why she could get away with a lot of things. Um, but the costume, and Anthony used to laugh at me because if I'd call him during the night, he'd go, you're in costume, aren't you? Because I couldn't drop the voice that I would do because I'd have the wig on and everything. So it just sort of, you know, all stayed together. Um, but, but yeah, but she, she was like an alter ego. It's that thing of if you could be any person that you wanted to be and say anything that you wanted to say, the no filter, the, it was just freedom, you know. And, and, again, I think that's what the childlike thing was, was that things just came out and, you know, so it just worked. It just worked a treat. But yeah, definitely an older ego because I would not say those things, you know, as me. 
Or <laughs> <laughs> go lick someone's head or talk about the crop circles on the back of their little spot. Um, exactly. Just to say I mean, too, if you're listening that? live, <laughs> just, oh, nobody but Sarah or, you know, uh, something. Yeah, Sarah. Um, if, if you're listening live and you want to talk to Julie Sharp, you can call at 646-716-9922. That's 646-716. 716-9922. It's a toll-free number in the continental U.S. And the rest of the world, it's plus one. And I will cost, but it'll be worth it. So uh, please feel free to call in and talk to us or message in a question. So, yeah, see, that's the thing. You created the character so she can say what she wants. Now, I understand about when you put on the outfit because back in the late 90s and the early 2000s, I worked as a professional impersonator of Marilyn Monroe and Madonna. <gasps> and so oh, I understand because it because <laughs> it took me a while. I mean, I didn't look that way every day. I, I, when you go do look-alike work at events, like you know, corporate events and parties and stuff, you know, you usually see a lot of other people doing the same thing. It's like the Jack Nicholson guy that I would see, and he looked just like him. He, I said, you know, he said you have to work to do to do this. I said, yeah, I don't look like Marilyn Monroe, but I know how to you know do the makeup, the shading, and everything. And so. And it takes me about an hour for all that, the makeup and all, put on the wig and everything and the dress. But um, and get the voice because she talks much more like this. And so um, <laughs> he goes, yeah, he says, but look at me. That's my corgi. He says, but look at me. He says, I wake up like Jack Nicholson. What can I do? You know, he says, I got no choice but to go out like this every day. But, yeah, you have to put oh, on, but then yeah. you also have to uh, – yeah, of course, there were also a lot of Elvis impersonators, and uh, I can tell you all Elvi were not created equal. But Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah. But it's funny because we just had the Legends crew out here in Australia, all the impersonators from Vegas. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Is so it we fun? met some. Um, oh, they were incredible. Absolutely incredible. They, um, we met the Elvis, and he ended up being the same Elvis that I met in Vegas 25 years ago, oh, really? and he's still going. Yeah, so it was, really, <laughs> it was really fun. And his name was Kevin, and I just thought that was so funny that this wonderful Elvis impersonator, and his name was Kevin. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Great, great, but yeah, they yeah, had a Madonna. A lot they had a Madonna girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they, did, they were all I did fantastic. Dolly Parton once. Oh, it's it's an Sorry. interesting job. I did Dolly Parton once, but Julie, you know that was hard on the back. It really was. Yes, <laughs> <You know>? yes. <laughs> yes, it would have been very hard on. The back. <laughs> so, so I had to let. Yeah, had to let that go. Um, but yeah. so now you do you still do comedy? You still get out to the clubs and, and uh, at all? Well, or? what I do now is is I I have another. So the last six years since I left Dracula's, um, I have started a job at the Crown Casino in Melbourne, which is a it's a massive venue, it's the only casino that we have here in Victoria, of course. Um, and so we do a show, which is a ma- it's a male review show, but it's uh-huh. it's different to all the other. So it's not your magic mic. It's 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 not that sort of thing. It's it's an actual 
cabaret show. So the the boys are actual uh, professional dancers, and so we have comedy and and uh, a theme of it as well. It's it's you know princes of the night. So there's a slight medieval theme at the start, but then we sort of go into more contemporary pieces and stuff. But um, yeah, so that that keeps me in the loop. So I still get to be. Again, it's another persona. It's it's me amplified, but again, I still get to do my improvised comedy. I get to talk to people in the room, um, but I also just you know basically drive the show through and and stuff. But but get to play with um, the girls who are you know have come along to see these men get down to their knickers. <laughs> 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 now, 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 does does your husband ever come watch you at this show, or has he ever seen you there? Uh, he has come. He's come and seen it once um, because we we did a, a a big show. They've got a massive showroom called the Palms, which is where they put all their Vegas style shows. So we did that a couple of years ago. So Anthony was um, able to come to that one, but he can't usually come to the other Saturday night ones because he does um. He gigs, he's playing his music just across <sighs> the hallway in the next nightclub. So, <laughs> okay. so we're at work together, but we don't see each other. <laughs> okay. And now, but you also uh, do, looks like you're, you're certainly in demand for MC and entertainment at corporate events. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the same sort of thing. So it's it's corporate yeah. work can be as you can imagine can be quite dull. So I I always let them know that um <laughs> that they'll they'll get their money's worth out of me if, if I can be a comedy character instead of a, a straight uh yeah, just <laughs> just me getting up there going, "Oh, next award we have such and such coming in." So um yeah, so so they definitely get more value out of me being a, a comedy character to to host an MC event. It makes it more personal, uh, more I fun, see. and loose, loosens everyone up a bit. Because you can imagine all these corporate gigs, everyone, well, first of all, they don't want to be there <laughs> because they think it's going to be dull and boring, don't they? <laughs> You're right. You're right. So, it's, it's so right. Yes. I don't know who who set the scene for these corporate gigs many, many years ago, but whoever it was was not not in the mood for a good time at all. So um, so that's actually, I've just joined with a, another uh, guy who's um, a circus booking agent and he's, you know, been in the circus and all that, all his performance career. And we're just saying that, you know, now it would be great to start introducing those fun things back into corporate events instead of them being so so straight-laced and, you know, unoffensive. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I have, I've had a, a jazz combo for years, and we've played a lot of corporate gigs. And, yeah, I know, if, if it wasn't for the alcohol, and, you know, and, the, and their boss is telling them to go, they have to keep the alcohol to keep people there. But, you know, I, I, yeah, I know yeah. what that's like. Um, yeah, <laughs> just like just like Absolutely. playing like when we play a wedding reception. There's the 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 bride is glad that she's it's done. The groom is glad that it's done, and everybody else is just happy to have free food and drink. So yes, yes, it's a decent gig. <laughs> yes, so I think we need to we 
we need to make it more of an experience for people. I think, I think that's the thing now is, is um, yeah, immerse them in, in a fun world because people are, they're a bit, bit too mm-hmm. serious and a little bit too politically correct and stuff at the moment. And I think we need to, to shake that up and, and let people, remind people that they can have a laugh. I think is the main thing. Well, yeah, well, Julie, I'm sure everybody knows what's going on with American politics and our president. And if anybody needs to laugh, we do. So, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. You have to. (laughs) Yeah. So now another thing that that uh, that your hubby was telling me was talking about a TV pilot that you two created. Um, he says, you know, you're a passionate wildlife advocate, and I've shared that on a lot of the things that I've posted about you being on here because so many of the musicians I've had on are also like to use that their their celebrity as and um, their platform to help causes with um, mm. uh, dog cat rescue or um, you know just animal rights activism. So. Have you really gone into jungles? I have. So so that was in 2001. I went to Borneo to a place called Camp Leakey. So we all know Lewis Leakey, who is the, the man who got Diane Fossey on board with the the gorilla oh, yes. and Jane Goodall on, on board with the chimpanzees. And they got Barute Gaudicus on board with the orangutans in Borneo. So this was a, a volunteer program um, that we went across there and met up with some other volunteers from all around the world. And, yeah, we, we basically immersed ourselves for three months in the jungle, living with the orangutans and um, and building things. So, like, we, we helped build a proboscis monkey research centre, you know, so we were building piers that would go out to the river <laughs> for the boats to pull up in. And this is, you know, this is primitive stuff because there's no electricity out there so we had to we had to you know chisel holes into pieces of hardwood to um you know fit them all together with you know the pegs instead of nails oh because you don't don't, like that because you don't have power tools don't have power tools right it was all hand so we went kind of a little bit loopy no power. So, yeah, so we started going a little bit cuckoo over, you know, doing this sort of stuff. But it was, at the same time, it was just this most magical place. It, it was, you know, we were, we were off this river and there's, you know, there's crops in the river. So you, so you, had, a, you had to bathe in the river, of course. So you'd have to jump in, jump out as quick as you can before a croc got you. And I think it was a couple of years Whoa. after we were there, an English volunteer actually got taken by a croc there so um yeah so it was it was crazy but if you could imagine do you have um the butterfly houses in your zoos in the states yes yeah so it's like living in a butterfly house it's the best way to describe it so that's the kind of temperature you got you know that humidity in the air and mm-hmm. there's just these massive butterflies will just go past you all the time. You can hear the gibbons in the background. You'll hear the rustle of oh. the the big alpha male, you know, because you don't know where he is and he just wants to pinch all your food. So he's always trying to break into the 
the little house that we're staying in. So you always had to look out for him because he'd ambush you. <laughs> this was this massive, <laughs> massive ape. And you did. You just had to. You had to be on the lookout for Kusasi, the king of Camp Leaky. Um So, yes, I, I remember. I had to. Um, I had to go away from the group for a minute because I had to go to the toilet. And the toilets, of course, very primitive as well. So you've got to just go basically to a hole <laughs> in the ground and put the toilet paper yeah. in a bucket and stuff. And so I was in the toilet and Kusasi has come over because he knows that there's food in this hut and he just gets his fingernail and pulls the weatherboard off, the plank of wood, just with his fingernail, just goes plink. And so he'd get into the toilet area. So I've had to jump off the toilet hole and into a a tiled area. I don't even know what this tiled area was for, maybe for this exact reason of just getting out of the way so I yeah I had to jump into this this tiled area and hide from him because because he's the alpha male you just you just don't know what he's going to do he could just you know grab you and you know crush your arm or something like that and and he came into the toilet and grabbed the bucket full of toilet paper and went outside and just and he just pulled this Thing apart, so all our dirty toilet paper is just being strung all the way around the camp because he's no. decided to oh, no. Oh, crazy. It's kind of like I don't know if, if kids do this in Australia, but I know it used to be more popular many years ago. Uh, teenagers would go and take toilet paper and roll it all in the trees over people's houses during the night, oh. and it's going to roll in their yards. <laughs> it was like that. It, yeah, it was kind of like that. So he must have learned it from kinda. one of the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. You can count on the Americans for something like that. You know, we're always going to bring yeah. something like that to the whatever we do. So how long were you in Borneo? <laughs> so that was that was three months. We were there for three months. And it was just, yeah, again, it, it was really hard going, like, like um. It was really hard going because you you were you were very much isolated and stuff and and now again it's, it's that thing in hindsight when you go oh my god no it was such an amazing experience and um, mm-hmm. and the main reason we were there is because um, you know there's the deforest the deforestation happening because they're putting all the palm the palm oil plants in and stuff like that and. So that was 2001 I went there and then in 2006 I took Anthony over there and so all the lush jungle that I experienced wasn't there when um, within that five years that we went back. It was all, all gone. So um, you could really see the effect that it was having. And this is, you know, so these orangutans, are, they don't have anywhere to go. They're just... They're just um, they're homeless basically so it's really sad and and again it's just this corporate world that we've created and and Mm -hmm. you know it it was when I was there first it was the illegal logging so that um people could Mm -hmm. make money from that and then that stopped but the palm oil came in so that was the next big thing and that and of course the gold mining they have there as well so it's just this these corporate things that go through and they just completely rape the earth is the only way I can say it mm-hmm. and um, 
And when you see it, you just go, <gasps> like, you know, we always hear about it. You always hear about it and you go, oh, my God, that's terrible. When you actually physically see it, it is devastating. It, it, it is. And, of course, you know, we have things like that here, whether it's in the Midwest or even where I live in, in a suburb of Atlanta. Um, mm. We have a lot of deer in our in our, near our yards, and I'm not out, I'm not way off in the in the country, but I'm not exactly in the city. But we have a lot of deer coming through and in our backyard and the woods behind the backyard. But they're always building more subdivisions and um, it's always raccoons and stuff coming in. Um, and you're thinking, you know, where where are they going to keep going? I mean, they keep building things, strip malls and and drugstores. Mm-hmm. You know, like they get a drugstore on one corner, they got to have one on all four parts of that intersection i'm a musician and i think we've got too many drugstores okay so how many drugs do you need <laughs> all right we have a call we have a call here hi and uh julie just a minute Hello. okay welcome to madam perry's salon are you call- is this california hi this is andrea how are you doing Doing great, Andrea. This is Andrea calling from. Yeah, this is Andrea from California. From California, Julie Sharp. Hi, Andrea. Well, nice Julie, to hi. You. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm good. Um, I uh, really appreciate your courage doing stand up and doing the MCs and getting out there in the public eye. Uh, but I'm actually just calling to say I've had some really bad experiences in public bathrooms before, but yours pretty much tops the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have never heard of anything even close to that story, and I couldn't resist calling in to let you know. Uh, you get the Andrea Robinson Award for Insane Stories, okay? <laughs> oh, fantastic. That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, you should feel honored. <laughs> I hope no one would experience something like that in California. That would be even more terrifying. Oh, no. no, no <laughs> I mean, normally it's like when you're traveling, you know, you're in France or or Italy or where Israel, wherever you are. I mean, I've had some pretty amazing uh, public stories, but that one pretty much takes the cake. And in <laughs> fact, with such a shock, I really... I literally could not resist calling in to say congratulations, you just won the prize. You know, and I've hitchhiked through countries. I mean, we were roughing it, right? We had no actual place to live, so we had some pretty interesting uh, experiences, but that pretty much blows the mind. <laughs> Yay! Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Yeah. How wonderful. So you've traveled quite a bit. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so jealous. Yeah, just... Hitchhiking mostly But I mean I've been on several trips And I've been pretty close to Australia I've been to Fiji So that was not too far away Um, Yeah It's got to go like another four hours Come another four hours Yeah but that Plane ride was pretty Grueling you know I know In fact I woke up and I was sleeping and I woke up and the stewardess had apparently come through, and my glasses fell off of my head because I was dead out. And uh, oh. they rolled the <laughs> they rolled the drink part, uh, cart through and ran over the glasses. 
and they were kind oh, of no. these metal glass. Yeah, they were all twisted up, but oh, you know, no. they had to kind of twist them back into shape. And I was so glad that I I almost bought a brand new pair before I went to Fiji, and I was like, oh my god, I am so glad I didn't buy, you know, an expensive pair of glasses only to have it run over the next day, you know, because oh, I'm too exactly. cheap to buy the insurance. So you know, that would have been it, right? I wouldn't have been able yep. to see for another year. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but anyway, but it's yeah. so funny it that worked out. we find that because when when we've travelled, like Asia's not so bad. That's you know that's like your six hour uh, plane ride. But we found like when we're going to America or Europe and stuff like that, it we realise how far away Australia really is from everywhere. It's just, <laughs> you find you, oh, you know, yeah. my God, we really are isolated. <laughs> Every <laughs> you guys really crazy. are out there on the island, everywhere. yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's what they like, had in mind. When they, when they, the yeah. English dumped you guys off down there, they figured they'll never get back, you know. That's right. So, <laughs> they can't make it back at all. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. It's so <laughs> funny. And, um, and I love the fact that um, uh, the way that – Australia is advertised in America as well. You know, it's always, you know, if you don't like dangerous things, don't go there. Because, <laughs> you know, we've got yeah. spiders and snakes and crocodiles and stuff. We don't see yeah. any of that stuff. But, um, oh, yeah. yeah. But, the, you know, if you watch Crocodile Hunter, one of those shows, you just feel like, oh, my God, they're constantly getting attacked by these huge dragon lizards and, you know. The Tasmanian yeah. devils. I mean, these, you guys have some pretty scary animals over there, no doubt. You know, but I yeah, guess you don't, we they don't, don't hang them. around in the city. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They don't move no, into the condo next door. <laughs> yeah, oh God, help and I'm us, from right? the country. I'm actually from the country as well. I'm from country oh, wow. New South Wales. Yeah, and you've so, never um, been attacked by like a kangaroo or, or anything like that. No, 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 it's not. We used, we used to see lots of kangaroos, and the the guys that used to live across the road from us actually had a pet kangaroo that they nursed back to health after oh, its mother had been no. killed. So they had a, a pet kangaroo. So he was lovely, but um, but that was kind of our experience. And like I said, the 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 most dangerous time I had was in Borneo because we were we were we had to be careful of the crocodiles in the river when we were bathing and we had to be careful of, you know, scorpions and the spiders that lived just in the hut that mm. we're in. And God knows what else that hasn't even been discovered in the oh. jungle yet. You know, we had to just deal with all that and the mosquitoes. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I've heard about those. <laughs> and they're deadly. Well, now, well, they're just there yet. Yeah. Yeah. So um. Now so that was, um. That was you know. Sorry. Yes. Go on. Oh, not gonna say. And then you also went to Thailand, didn't you? Yes. So we went to Thailand and we worked with the elephants. We went to the nature park, elephant nature park in just out of Chiang Mai, and and that that was a, a sanctuary for all the abused elephants. So, again, you don't even know that this sort of oh. stuff goes on, but all these elephants are abused in the um, the timber industry and, 
you know, doing trips for tourists and tracking and all that, all that sort of stuff. So these, some of these elephants were drug addicts, like the ones that worked in the timber mills and stuff. They, um, they would just shoot them full of um, amphetamine, so they would just constantly keep working, so they wouldn't rest. So they were, they were you oh, know, man. just completely. So they had to had to come off the drugs and all this sort of stuff, and oh, just absolute absolute horror stories. You know, people blinding elephants and you know all this sort of all this horrible oh. stuff. But they had this beautiful beautiful sanctuary where they got to live out there their old days and, and stuff. And it was so nice to just, again, we, we lived there, we stayed there and we got to know the woman, Lek, who is the woman who um, runs the whole facility and, and cares for all the elephants and water buffalo and whatever else comes her way. I think there was, there was 30 dogs and 20 cats and you know, all this sort of stuff. It was an absolute animal haven. And and that's what we got to do. We get to we feed the animals, and then we'd go down to the river with the elephants, and we'd wash them and play with them, and Ooh, do all that sort of stuff. And then and yeah, it's just amazing. At any, I always try when we go on a holiday to have an animal experience, and this is what I'm teaching my daughter as well. So we just went, so we did the elephants in Thailand. This is when we came up with the idea of of the volunteer diaries, is to show people that. When you travel, you can do, you can travel and see these amazing things, but you can also help out in the communities and um, the animals and, and children and things like that. And it gives you this absolute warm, fuzzy glow inside. Like, you know, traveling's great and stuff, but mm-hmm. when you actually help people and do something worthwhile, it's, it's such a buzz. And, you know, as we all know, like being performers, you get such a buzz out of being a performer, but this is an even more so bigger buzz from that, you know, that you just, <laughs> and I think it's, it's just being human and, we, and we've forgotten that because we've, we've filled our humanness with consuming and all this sort of stuff and we've forgotten how to, how to give back. And, um, and Absolutely. by doing that, it's, it's, it's just really, it's really lovely. And, and so from the, so that was where we came up with the idea of, we had the volunteer diaries so you could go around to these places and, and just show people that these these are the volunteer programs that you can do all around the world. How great is that? Have a holiday but do something good as well. Yeah, that's a terrific idea. Mm. Oh, yeah, Andrea yes, and, and I, I would wouldn't... sign up for that, wouldn't we, Andrea? Oh, we would. <laughs> we would sign up for we're that. Like, yes, we're <laughs> so nature junkies and we just love animals <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was yeah, a good yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, definitely. I've lived uh, this long. It's, yeah, what the heck? Killed me yet? So, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> what a way to go, you know? I mean, I know. You know. I live in America, where you know I could go into a Burger King and get shot. So if I'm going to be take, if, you know, if I'm going to buy the farm, I'd rather do something, be doing something useful. Than just you know shopping in a mall on the wrong day when a gunman comes Definitely. in. Wouldn't you rather you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, exactly. I mean, you, since the two-legged critters are more dangerous anyway, what the heck? Ah, uh, you know. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> We're the ones to look out for. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I should say the non-hairy two-legged ones. Yeah. Yeah. Naked <laughs> apes, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, uh, you know what? I'm going to try to know, um, you can... send your what? Beg your pardon? I, I don't know. Jennifer was saying something, and I think I interrupted her. But anyway, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and try to kangaroos two legged. Oh yeah, yeah. Are, are kangaroo? Yeah. Are kangaroos considered two legged? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just, just, yeah. I, yeah. I heard I that you don't want to compete for something. Are they? Are they? Yeah, bipod. That's what they call them, isn't it? Yes. Oh. Oh yes. wow! No, I didn't know. That. Yes. Or is it tripod? Because there's that's the tail. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think it's tripod. <laughs> See, this, this Julie. This, Julie, is the kind of hard-hitting questions you get here in Madame Perry's salon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> See how much prep you had to do? <laughs> I'm all for the hard-hitting so, questions. And, uh, Andrea, have you seen the videos that I posted of Sarah Pax and Kitty Glamour of, uh, uh, of Julie's comic characters that she's created like uh, I posted a couple yeah. of videos and the other one Kitty Glamorous tell us about yeah, Kitty yeah I like that <laughs> talk to, let's get yeah. back to the show business yeah well, yeah Kitty Glamorous came around because um, a talent guy had come into Dracula's and he saw Sarah Pax and he said I want something along the lines of this character but we can't do this character because of the drug reference so we need something um, that will work the same someone who's quite uh, stupid I guess <laughs> and, and, um, and so, so, so I just had this idea of um, here in Australia you know we have the, the morning the morning shows and the um, the lady who used to host the morning show was a lady called Kerri-Anne Kennelly here in Australia and she was just beautiful she had the blonde hair and the big teethy smile and her her motto was that everyone should sparkle every day so she always had the sequins on and and stuff on on you know morning uh-huh. television and so I thought she'd be a really funny character she was lovely but I thought a really funny character would be this like this TV host person whose whose teeth are a little bit too large for a face and the eyelashes are too long. So sort of that oh who was that evangelist? Tammy Baker, was it? Tammy Faye Baker. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that sort of that kind of thing, but an Australian version and of course that she just always said the wrong thing because she was so dumb that just ah. The wrong thing would come out all the time, so completely politically incorrect and but but innocent at the same time. Like she's not doing it because she she's being mean or anything like that. It was just because she had this childlike mind going on, basically. So that's where Kitty <laughs> Glamorous came from. So, okay. um, but again, you know, okay. that, was, that was a character that that was fun. But um, but she didn't mm-hmm. sort of. She only did a couple of corporate gigs. She didn't hang around for too long. 
<laughs> I guess it's a short-lived career, you know, to be that perky blonde morning person. So, yeah. but, so just to give us a sample, give us a little sampling of Kitty Glamour's. Now, the video shows she's she's being followed by the camera. She's walking down, doing the person on the street random interviews, and she sees an American pe- uh, some American folks and says, "Oh, I can speak some American." Oh and yes! Oh my God! She says, "Yes." She says, she says, ha God damn, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm supping it up. Yes. Cause that, oh, that's that's, that's the yes, she of, really does speak that's American. That's the kind of view that we get. Of, <laughs> that's the view we get of Kenny, Americans that, over here. That is my brother's second and third wife. <laughs> oh my god, that's a bit frightening. Just like that. They've said that to me before, so yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> that was good. Oh my gosh, that's terrific, yeah. I'm sure she had to go to school to learn that too. You know, you gotta study Spanish, English, American, get, you know. I went to I went to drama school for three years to learn that. <laughs> well, well you, it you paid off. Class. Yep. You thought it wouldn't pay off, but it did. It did. It was worth all the money. <laughs> That's what. Because I was telling Anthony, I said, "Don't do it, please." You know, I, I would. If you got, if you have to do something where you have a southern accent, please let me coach you because everyone comes up with a southern accent, even Americans, and they sound like they're on a riverboat back in in the 1700s or something. And uh, yes, like the Huckleberry. Thing. Every single, or, or like it's gone with the wind, and we don't. You know, I mean, I know yeah. I have a southern accent, but I don't talk like Scarlett O'Hara. And I was starting to tell Anthony, but I didn't. I said, you know, the guy that killed. John Lennon, David Chapman. Yes. Oh, when yeah. Judah 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 Friedlander played him in a movie, TV movie, and he sit and looked at it. And he's sitting there saying, "Imagine there's no heaven. That's easy for you, motherfucker, because you have everything." And I'm thinking, okay, I don't. I didn't know David Chapman, but my family <laughs> did because he was in the same Scout Boy Scout groups as my brother. He grew up in our neighborhood. Oh my okay. goodness! And I can assure oh you, because my mother, my my mother remembers the family, you know. Because like I said, I didn't care because those Boy Scouts were just such creeps. I didn't want to be around them. But my mother, my whole family remembers. But I can tell you this: if David Chapman grew up in Gresham Park, which he did, and talked like that, he wouldn't have lived long enough to kill anybody. He would have been. <laughs> <laughs> he would have been. Ostracized. He wouldn't have lived that long if he had talked like that. There. He's uh, probably a little more like me, and maybe more southern. But yeah, so that's there. You go. Well, now what other? Oh, oh, and Kitty Glamorous is like she she sees the Asian man, she sees the uh, some woman, and she starts calling her Jenny from the block and singing to her. And because <laughs> that's the thing um, is uh, <laughs> Kitty Glamorous will just co- constantly break out in song as well. That was the other thing. You know, she's that she's that old school, you know, Liza Minnelli fan. That uh, any. Any anything that that triggers a song, off she goes into. You know, there's no business like show business. Oh, I love it. All that sort of stuff. <laughs> All the old songs. Yeah. constantly, constantly breaking out into the musicals and 
and the old oh, the old seventies hits. Yeah. We can dig it. So when we now those are the only two I could give to you, but I saw photographs of you in a dark wig, dark, curly, bushy wig, and um and a corset. Now I don't know if that was I, a character oh, you did as a performance or if that was something you did for Anthony that wasn't supposed to be on the internet. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much the latter. No. <laughs> no, that was um that was just a um Again, this is uh, that's how I started um, with Princes of the Night at the casino. So, um, so when I started there, because um, this was the first time that they've put a girl into a male review show. So, as you know, they did it with Magic Mike, uh, with Jada Pinkett Smith for that movie. But we were doing it five years beforehand. So I was the first female to be to be a host in a male review show, basically. So when I first started, it was like, okay, so how are we going to approach this? Do I do I have to be sexy like the boys? Do I have to, you know? So we, we had to try a few um, costume ideas, and that was one, was, was maybe if I started off like, a, like a, a burlesque kind of circus ringmaster almost, that kind of look. So, you know, the red and the black and ah, the little hats and all okay. that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, so that's where that came from. So, um, but yeah, but as as time sort of evolved over it, yeah, it's we've found that um, girls really respond to this MC woman being um, quite a strong character and so quite quite vampish almost. So so you know I've got the leather pants now and the corset and a longer wig and and um, and they 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 sort of relate to that a little bit better. So I'm a little bit sexy, but I'm I'm kind of like. But I'm in control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. what they they respond to, and and the fact that you know I can have a laugh with them as well, and have a laugh with the boys and and stuff. So um, yeah. So it just it, it embraces um it embraces that equality that's all you know happening around the world now with Wonder Woman coming out and you know, all the actresses coming up yeah. and saying, you know, we demand equal pay and all that. So it's it's a really poignant moment at the for this to be um recognised now, I think, is is that, you know, I'm a woman in a man's world and there's equality and there's this greatness. So it's it's very cool. Yeah. Um, definitely. Do you ever so, feel yeah, like you're running right, out of ideas? That sounds like you have a lot of characters. Do you? So does, <laughs> does the uh, hurting elephants uh, kind of? Uh, yeah. Does that? Um, maybe it's just the way your mind works. But I just, I just wonder if if the, all the trips to the to the jungle are like, does that help your memory or your creative juices or how do you stay yeah, on? Yeah, it that? does because it, because um, it actually gives you time to think like when you're in the jungle you you have no distractions you're just you're just um someone said it the other day which is great you go from being a human doing to a human being right you know you just ah. you just um how cool is that i love that saying i'm gonna i love it that one but you know it must yeah. be just yeah. as good as meditation for clearing your mind because you're constantly petrified that you're gonna die Right, so that would totally right. clear your 
the monkey chatter in your head because of all the monkey chatter in the real jungle, right? I, yeah, and it, and it is that thing of um, connecting. It's that it's that connection with nature and and not having the um, just that you know like. What, how do you explain it? Like when you're in the city and, and around people a lot, you know, there's there's just that energy that's buzzing around you all the time. So you're mm. always kind of heightened all the time. And when you have these experiences like being in a jungle and, and that sort of thing, it just everything just slows down and you just sort of melt yeah. into stuff and it's just beautiful and lovely. And, and so therefore your mind just relaxes and you don't have things just whirling around in there and and so yeah you do great reflection time great time for creativity and yeah and just um and again like it, I see a lot of characters around you know so um I did a, a show last year called Song Contest which was uh, a spoof on Eurovision yeah and so oh yeah so I have to be the uh, the Russian, you know, Belarusian um, hostess, you know, and so it was all very nice and good, and you know, so yeah, so I, you know, would um, base these characters on people that I knew. I I used to go to this dance class when my daughter was doing ballet, and it was a dance stretch class, and there was this Russian ex ballerina called Nina. And she was very hard, you know. Do it like this, you know. <laughs> so you sort of pick up these characters just by people that you meet. It's very fun. Awesome. <laughs> so sorry, that was a long that was a long winded answer to that. No, I love question. it. It was but, all, it, but it's so true, you know. So true. Mm. There, we do have enough characters answer. in this world. Yeah. <laughs> she could yeah. play the first lady crazy people like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because where's the first lady from? What's her nationality? Ooh, yeah. Oh, she's from Slovenia. Slovenia. Oh, Slovenian. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. And the yeah. Slovenians oh, are trying to have they capitalized have they on taking... this. <laughs> have they started taking her off on... Um, SNL yet? You know, I haven't seen that much. Yeah, a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they're kind of, they've they've done her a couple of times, but I think they're leaving her alone because it's sort of like she did not ask for this part of the spotlight. And um, so I think they must be leaving her alone because of that. So they did one or two, but that's it. But Scaramucci, you know, Stephen Colbert did a great Scaramucci, and now he's gone, so... Oh. Yeah, they oh. had a field day with him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, funny. Because he's got that Italian thing, and you know he's like, this is how it is, you know? So, yeah. yeah. He's a total mook. It's like a typical what kind New of York character? Yeah. What kind of character or, or nationality or voice would you like to do next, Julie? Oh, you know, it's it's always been such a funny thing because that's always been the running gag with me and Anthony is that I'm so bad at accents. <laughs> and when <laughs> so when I when I actually do an accent, 
for some reason, it always ends up being Indian. So I always end up talking like this. <laughs> no matter what the accent is. And so it's always been a running gag. And so when, like I said, when I did this Belarusian um, hostess, I I really had to had to concentrate hard on just practicing that every day. So I would just talk Russian everywhere, everywhere I was going, like just at home. I'd have to do this accent, which drove everyone <laughs> mad. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think it, I, I think because my, my mum is actually Scottish and my, so my nana had a very broad Scottish mm. accent <laughs> that I didn't even hear. I didn't even know she was Scottish when I was a kid. I had no idea. And it was oh. only when people said, oh, your grandma's <laughs> Scottish, I'd not be like, what, yeah, is, yeah, yeah, she is. How do you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Had this accent. And so I just didn't hear it. And um, and so I think I would love to learn how to do a Scottish accent because I cannot, for the life of me, figure out how to do it. Uh, I can't either. I can't help you there. <laughs> it's a really hard one. All I well, can do is is a brew brick mule next to me. Oh, and that's that's my version. Well, of it. Really sound Scottish. <laughs> well, I'll have to introduce you to my Scottish comedian friend Janie Godley. You may have heard of her, but she's um, if I watch her some of her videos of performing in in Scotland at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, I have no idea what she's yeah. saying. But she came to America once to, to Georgia and did a show. But she she made it where we could understand. But I so we knew what she was saying. We all laughed. But um, but yeah, you'll have to hear, hear Janie. She's great. Uh, I am so excited that that you shared so much time with me tonight, and you booked us and and came a week earlier than you expected. And yeah, <laughs> to to hang out with me and Andrea. Andrea and I were on separate coasts, but but she she's a great pal of the show. And um, Andrea, I'm glad you hung out in here with us too. Thanks. If you ever. When you come back to the states, you've got you've got to find us. You've got to come to Atlanta. Oh, I would I love will. to. Thank you so much for having me. I've I've had an absolute ball talking to you. It's just been great and lovely to meet you too, Andrea. So thank you. Thank you. Had a great time. Nice to meet you too. Well, thank you so much. So please, please promise you'll come back. Anthony's asked for a round two, so don't let him get ahead of you on this, okay? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, definitely. Jesus. Maybe we should do okay. a, a duo. And we a what? We we'll do a, a duo. duo. Oh my god! Yeah, a duo. And, well, Andrea, you heard the show with <laughs> Anthony, didn't you? Oh yeah. I don't know. Did I? Was, okay. Oh, anyway, I'll look it up. Yeah, probably. He sounds a lot like her. So yeah.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.